finding value for sponsors at a time we're facing months of spectator sports without fans in attendance. That's the daily conundrum facing the founder and CEO of POV Sports Marketing, Molly Arbogast, our guest on today's SBJ Unpacks. Welcome, Molly, who I've known through her career at IMG Learfield, the WNBA, and two stints with the Eagles of Philadelphia, which, of course, is the most important part to me. The question I always start out with, Molly, is since everything went underground into quarantine, what thing or things are you missing the most? Gosh, what am I missing? Well, it's, it's sports. I think I've watched The Last Dance full series twice. You don't know what it's, you've lost till it's gone, to quote an old song. And I think we all feel that way in that you know, it's a reminder of where our industry fits into the American persona, if you will. And I think it makes me feel very proud to be in the sports business to show that what we do does matter and it matters to people's happiness. So I miss, I miss it all. I'll watch anything on sports right now and um, certainly exciting television with all the commissioners on air uh, kind of talking about the future of all of our sports. Yeah, probably the, one of the few positives uh, to your point the value uh, and the absolute need or craving to, uh, in the American psyche for sports has never been more demonstrated than it is now. And if that isn't uh, a demonstration of its value for marketers, nothing is, right? Well, you know, I think we always joke about the fact that we say, you know, we're, you know, sports marketers, we're not curing cancer. But I think, you know, and we're not, you know, rocket science, you know, this isn't rocket science what we do. But I think it, it truly shows the importance, to your point, about what this means to the American lifestyle. And I think uh, this COVID experience, you know, and I even harken back to, you know, when 9-11 occurred, right. all sports took a break for a weekend out of respect for those um, who had passed and just the, the the trauma, quite frankly, that the country had gone through. But then I remember we flew out to San Diego. I was at the Eagles at the time, excuse me, we flew to Seattle. And I remember watching all the teams come from the sideline. It was one of the first times I'd really seen that. And it wasn't, it wasn't scripted. And all the coaches and the players grasped that American flag around the, the field because it was a moment of unity. And I think we'll see that again. Uh, but I think it just, you know, harkens back to what we do does matter. And I think that that's, it's a good reminder of what we do does matter because it's what people work so hard at their regular jobs to go do. We deliver that entertainment experience and that connection to modern day heroes and gladiators. Very true. Finding marketing value in these most uncertain of times is what you're tasked with. What are clients asking relative to that and what are you telling them? You know, I think, you know, the first eight, six to eight weeks, we were look, really looking at making sure that we were being appropriate to the environment. And now I think there's an opportunity to, obviously, it's, it's really opened up in the ability to deliver a connection for brands to connect with consumers um, of the favorite team they partner with or the league. And I think, you know, our, our partners, our, our brand partners are really looking at to us to not just sit and wait for ideas to come from teams, but really be proactive in what is true to that brand's voice, what fits the brand, not necessarily you know, what the team says, hey, I've got this, would this suffice as a make good? Or would this suffice as an activation? It's, we need to lead more from the agency side to really say, hey, brand, this is what I need. Can we now do a swap out? So that's one thing is, is really trying to think about what the brand needs, not just trying to check a box. And I say that to both sides of the table. As you know, Terry, I was a sponsorship seller for a really long time. And then I started the firm four years ago. And it, it's really about being uh, aware of what your brand partners are going through and what they need, because every industry is different. 
uh, some are losing a lot of money, some are doing fine. And it's a matter of understanding where their brand is and, and how to be collaborative in those solutions that'll help brands talk to fans. And I mean, they've lived without sponsorship and sponsorship assets in terms of sports and entertainment for three plus months. Uh, their marketing objectives have, has, have changed, certainly. Their budgets have certainly changed. Is there any way to generalize and say, oh, is, the, is there a general uh, change in mindset from sponsors about sports uh, sponsorship? Or is that going to vary too wildly between categories? You know, I think it varies wildly for category, really. And it's driven by the, the bottom line of businesses and how they're, look, businesses invest in sports partnerships because it makes sense to their bottom line. And when that bottom line shifts and adjusts, we, we need to look at all the different mediums. I mean, you see a lot of brands pulling all out of home strategy because people aren't driving to work. And, you know, even consumption and radio and television, it's shifting. Television obviously was, you know, ratings, you know, went up in April because everyone was home. Well, now we're opening up the economy again, and those are kind of leveling out and balancing out. Words continues to perform very, very well. And so brands notice that. And they're, again, brands that are used to investing in sports are looking at this as a long-term play. Uh, but I think we as sports marketers need to understand that uh, we need to be sensitive to what companies are going through, especially, you know, a, a companies that are laying off are furloughing employees. Those are very difficult decisions. They're very personal decisions for these brands. And, um, you know, if it's the difference between getting uh, cash back from a team to keep key personnel in place, brands need to understand that isn't personal, but it's personal to the person who might be losing their job and they, they're grateful for their companies for protecting their livelihoods. Many questions no one knows the answer to. This is one of them. But do you think we're safe in saying we're going to go the rest of the year at a minimum with spectator sports songs, spectators? I think so. I, I so badly want to say we're going to have a lot of fans in stands. Obviously, NASCAR this past week had a very small, I mean, again, it, it looked like a, a tiny, when you put 5,000 people in a building that seats 100,000, it just, it looks like the, you know, there's staff in the stands. It doesn't look like a real spectator experience. But I think, you know, the leagues need to be responsible. The leagues don't want to be as a, a source of um, an outbreak, uh, you know, a, a bubble up of, a, uh, of an outbreak in a specific community. I think that that would be detrimental. The brands don't want to be associated with that either. They want to do the right thing from a public safety standpoint. And I've said to a lot of our, our um, you know, brands, I said, listen, it's going to feel like a full season of away games. And that's okay, because fans still are going to consume and connect with the fan experience. It's just going to look a little different. And, you know, there's opportunities in digital and social, not just on the team channels, but on the brand channels to really collaborate with teams and, and leagues on, on creating content that's really going to be fun and add value to the home experience. You know, again, I think you might see some fans in stands as a trial, but it'll be so small. I'm curious to understand how they're going to select those few who get to attend and whether it's a lottery for the season ticket members, it's a lottery for fan, you know, the general fan base to be able to purchase tickets. Uh, I think if you open up too quick, everyone's going to go. There are a lot of people that are going to go that maybe have never been to a New York Giants game or a Miami Dolphins game or, a you know, a, an NBA game at all or whatever. I mean, if you open that up in the fall, they might come. And then what? You know, I think we need to be really cautious. We don't want a second wave of this. And I think we all know there, there could, very well could be. Without um, fans in the stands, I've heard of a bunch of sponsors converting, of course, to digital and social. Um, I have a couple favorites that I've heard about. What, what have you heard about in that department? It's such an interesting time with all the, the make goods. I mean, 
the amount of contingency planning we are doing is over the top because we're we're finishing up a 1920 season for NHL NBA. Obviously, the start of ML, MLB is is extremely up in the air. Um, I feel for the brands who have a lot of money tied up in MLB because it's been it's a hard time. You can't activate really digitally very well with them because of the uncertainty. I think what you're going to find is, uh, you know, there's also a tipping point of how much digital social teams are going to be able to offer because they can't flood their channels with with uh, sponsor posts all day. It'll just be a really bad user experience. But I think we, you know, as we're looking at the make goods on 1920, um, you know, I've seen actually, uh, you know, we've done a couple different activations with brands, our uh, Stroman Bread, which is a Bimbo Bakeries product. It's a regional brand here in Philadelphia. We did a program where uh, with the Philadelphia 76ers where fans could submit their 76ers hoops at home and show, again, this was that right at the beginning of May when we all kind of felt it was safe to start talking because, you know, you had mom and dad working from home and kids, you know, who needed lunch at the island and Stroman wanted to be part of recess for those families. And so we had a lot of fun with the Sixers around those things. I think the make goods now are, are for the finishing up the 1920 season are, are, you know, kind of coming to a head. I think uh, we're all kind of waiting to see what else is out there. I always, yes, I say it's like going through a buffet at a, at a dinner party. You know, you, you kind of want to see every option before you commit. And I think that that's what our approach and recommendation is to clients now is to, before you go and commit to a lot of make goods, you don't know what's coming potentially at the end of this 1920 season executions that the NBA are going to do that are really innovative. Uh, you know, executions that hockey are going to do that are really innovative that you want to be a part of with a local team. I mean, there's even been discussion about potential um, dasher opportunities around playoffs for team partners. And those are things we've got to want to wait and see. You know, I think there have been some interesting activations. They tend to be very family focused. Uh, certainly brands are continuing to present content, but those are, I feel, extremely safe executions when it's team produced content. But the innovation, I think it's coming and we're going to see more and more of it as more and more teams uh, start to take the, take the field or the court. I'm going to tell you about two that aren't family focused, okay? Okay. Bacardi sent out the, the appropriate ingredients and then had a mixologist on a Zoom call for a couple hundred people. I thought that was interesting. That, that's right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured you'd like that. And I'm trying to remember the name of the vintner. And Rick Willis will kill me if I get it wrong. But I think it was Silver Oak uh, in Napa Valley. And they did a wine tasting, sent out three bottles to a couple hundred people. And, had, you know, had the, the appropriate sommelier, et cetera, uh, in the grower. Um, online for a Zoom call, and, and I thought those were kind of interesting too. Um, everyone's trying to find the the, the right way. Uh, you were talking about what's coming in terms of make goods, and I'm expecting this, you know, large incursion of brands onto sports that have now become studio sports. I mean, we don't even know what all there will be. I mean, more positions in the ice room on the court, more virtual positions, more fixed signage, maybe more patches. Who who knows? It's it's everything. Uh, but my question off of all that is um, at some point it's a line of diminishing returns and you're going to be in the driver's seat to sort of say I think that might be a bit much and guess what uh, incremental sponsor sign number eight is not worth the same as incremental sponsor sign number one or even the extant one so absolutely I'm sure you're thinking about that uh, absolutely and again there's a, it's about share of voice and you know if you've purchased courtside signage in the NBA and they add layers uh, or of additional, again, beyond full pad stanchions, um, you know, other signage that, you know, kick plates if, and back, chair backs of people, you know, somewhat still doing that. I, I think that in the apron, 
I, I can't imagine how I'd be very upset if they put in a ton of additional signage because it really diminishes the investment that I've made in courtside signage. And I think keeping it clean is going to be really important because of, you know, there's that tipping point of too much. You know, I look at the ice for hockey a couple of years back, added the additional in ice um, to the top and bottom, of the, you know, by the nets. And I just know what, what else are you going to add? It, again, even the the broadcasters have the virtual behind the net signage, so like on the glass. So I just at some point it's just too much and it's not value to the fan experience. And so I caution sports to keep it real. Uh, and hopefully, while we're doing this as a stopgap measure for the 1920 make goods as well as the 2021, some of this might become forever. And I just you know that that could be problematic. Patches obviously can continue to grow across multiple sports that have them and don't have them. Is it too early to talk about emerging categories? Have you seen anything new? Obviously everyone knows that the, um, I think that the health partners uh, for all these teams have a real opportunity right now. We were just talking to someone the other day about, it adds a level of authenticity to your health system partner now that we maybe didn't have before. Uh, but besides that, and obviously venue cleaning and you know the, the, the serve pros and the, the uh, different companies that come in and handle uh, disaster cleanup and whatnot. There's a name right now. I'm just, it's escaping me. They're a sponsor of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, but, you know, those types of companies, I think, have a real opportunity. The Cintas of the world who already are servicing venues and even the Aramarks of the world to be able to expand their offering and of solutions to venues. I think there's they've, they've got to be doing that. I'm not in the middle of any of those conversations, but it just seems that they would be a natural endemic in the space to lead and support venues and make sure that we're dealing with a safe guest experience from, you know, from walking from the parking lot or the subway through the security and into the building. I think that there's, um, you know, there's some interesting categories that could emerge there. How long is this? I mean, again, question on top of a question covered by a question. <laughs> Because fluid is the number one word. I'm keeping a list of pandemic words, and someday I'll write about that. Mine's optionality. It's all about optionality. That, add that to your list. I was going to say fluid. Fluid, yes, yeah, the same thing. Yep. Everything's fluid at all times. Absolutely. I declared that as the only thing that is for sure. How long till we get back to whatever we're going to be calling normal? I think the you know, just, just, just the make goods will last well into next season for any property. Well, yeah, I mean, to attack the make good question, obviously, as I said, we're attacking the end of the 1920 season for the arena sports right now. And then obviously soccer's in the midst of what they're doing and, and they'll play out. And so will baseball, hopefully, again, hope, hope for the return to base for baseball. And then we're going to go into an entire eight months of are we playing in arenas in hometowns? Um, how many fans do we have in the building? Because if you have a venue that seats 20,000 and there are a thousand people in the building, my LED isn't worth what it was before. And LED isn't necessarily a TV driven purchase. It's a venue driven purchase. Yeah. So now you're literally almost looking month to month are what are the counts in the building. And so I think the real test of partnerships is going to come here. And I've been really, really thrilled with all of the teams that we are proud to work with on behalf of our clients. They have all stepped up and really led with, hey, what about this? And you know, let's not commit to anything right now, but these are some options we're looking at. And I think, again, that, that fluid optionality is important um, because as we go into the seasons and the NBA returns for the regular 2021 season, we have to be able to adjust on the fly. And so we're being uh, over communicating with brands and making sure that our brand clients are comfortable with that. And they all have said, we entrust you guys to lead the way on activation and keeping a pulse 
the pulse of what is going on in the American you know, public, how they feel about sports and what's going on. So we're very encouraged. And again, page after page of optionality and planning, uh, because if you don't think about it now, you're, gonna ha you're not gonna have any time to react. The reaction times are gonna be split second uh, when the fall comes. And you've got to be able to call a client or even pre-negotiate if a couple of these things happen, even on existing contracts, these are some ways we'd like to resolve it. And I really feel teams are very open to that right now so that you know we're able to pivot quickly. So to some extent, you've ceased being a sponsorship agency and you are now a force majeure and make good agency. Yeah, you know, for 25 years of my life, I would look at force majeure and it was like looking at indemnification in a contract. And yes, I have been in a situation where we had force majeure kick in with an NBA lockout in the late 1990s. Uh, certainly, you know, games were rescheduled around 9-11. We didn't really have any make good need. It was more a matter of just doing the, you know, everyone did the right thing and had the opportunity to do so. But I will say the amount of time we've spent on force majeure language for contracts moving forward is really the key of deals that we had right now that we were about to announce that now have had to be renegotiated with language that'll protect us for the next two years and potentially beyond. Uh, you know, we're, I don't think to answer your question about when we're back to normal, where we've got fans on the field pregame for football or fans sitting courtside watching NBA shoot around or in the penalty box during warmups or whatever it might be for hockey. Um, I don't think we see a lot of that until the 2022 season because of the vaccine and the need to distribute the vaccine. And I hate saying it. I want to be I am the eternal optimist. But I think we need to, to hope for the optimistic outcome that we're all back and the buildings are full to the brim and concourse, concourses are crowded. But I think the reality is we need to be prepared for the, the, uh, the reduced fans and stands for 2022 and then a return to normal as people are able to communicate their status of whether or not they've had the vaccine, if they're antibody positive, they've had COVID. Um, they may have had it not even known, and they're carrying the antibodies, but the ability to communicate your status, I think, will become something in 2021. I'd imagine they've got to be working on technology with an app or some type of identification system where people can really say, oh, no, I, here's my status as far as COVID, because it's just too critical for venue safety. It's a new world. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Molly Arbogast, POV Sports Marketing, thanks for joining us. Good to see you. Great to be with you, Terry. Stay safe and stay healthy.